We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Lucky Lefty is on CFB Nation, presented by Twisted T. Man, we got Reggie Oscar McBride, Lucky Lefty Podcast, Malik Zayir, Sean Davis. We spend it different. Weekend review. Hey, I want to go back. This might go back a little bit further. Weekend review. Last Saturday, I gave my final words on the situation. I'm done with it. But we have some OGs in the house. We have to start with the firing of Chancey Stuckey. Uh, Reg, you're closer than most of us in proximity to the program. And uh, like you said, you worked there when Malik was there. Just, you know, the fallout, the actual firing, how Marcus Freeman handled it as quickly as he did. Yeah. The feeling it gives you about what took place. And then the fallout of the transfers we saw from that room. Just give us your both you guys. Like, what are your thoughts on what happened with that situation? I'll let you go. Hey, Reg, let me go first because you, yeah. you probably have a bit more insight. So I, you know, I I hear certain things no different than everybody else. And and if what I was hearing is true, Coach Freeman had no choice. He had he had zero choice to do uh what he did. Um, I think it was a lapse of judgment on behalf of the coach. Um, and if you're trying to run a program, uh, like Notre Dame that has so many expectations spoken and unspoken, I feel like he had no choice. You know, as I said, you know, I said in a tweet last week, you know, head coaches make unpopular decisions all the time but you make those decisions based on the best interests of the program and the direction, the vision that you have. Um, would I have liked to have seen coach stay? Yes. But given the situation, I don't think coach Freeman had a choice and, and being a head coach myself, even on the high school level, you know, I, I had an issue this year with one of my coaches, you know, phenomenal defensive coordinator guy did a hell of a job for us. But there were some things that that happened that I couldn't get around, and 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 you know he stepped down. So, um, and you know in this day and age, you know, kids are gonna leave, you know, um, and and their their why, you know, may have been because they were gonna be a part of that scuttlebutt and, and the blowback from it. Um, I don't know that it was because 
of some loyalty to the coach. I think that it was self-preservation for them um, to, to try to keep their reputations intact. So from my perspective, I'm, I'm still riding with Coach Freeman. Yeah, it, it, it didn't work the way we wanted it to work. You know, kids have way more choices than we had back then, way more options than we had way back then. Um, so um, from my perspective, it is what it is. You know, when one door closes, another one opens. At the end of the day, as Coach always said, we're Notre Dame and they're not. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Red? I, I have to agree with, with uh, Big O. Um, again, I don't know what transpired. It, I did find it, you know, kind of perplexing when, you know, just not even 24 hours before he said he wanted to keep all of his staff. So something had to have happened because, again, you know, I don't know Marcus extremely well, but I do know him well enough and the type of man that he is. He's not going to make a decision like that lightly. So that's again, and I, you know, have the, having that confidence in my understanding of what I've come to learn about him as an individual and the respect that I have for him, I'm going to respect his judgment because at the end of the day, it's 100%. he's, he's the head man. Cause it all falls on him in the, anyway. No and, doubt. You, know, you got guys that are sitting there will say this, that, and the other. Right. You know, and let's be honest, like I said, how productive were the, was the receiving receivers this year? They were more productive than they were you know, previously. But, you know, and I, I, I had the chance to talk to, to, to Chauncey when I was there, when he was there. I think he's awesome. You know, and I've also had the chance to talk to Dylan McCullough, the running backs coach. That dude, love that dude. And like I said, he's someone that I can talk to on – just a general level. And like I've spoken to, you know, coach Freeman and, and, and Al, cause Al Golden was, he, he, he was, he was at Penn state when I was in Notre Dame. It's, but you, but you, but you've seen, okay. For instance, you talk about Dean McCullough. You loved him off the field, thought he was great, but that same person you met resulted in the, the room being how it was. So, so for me, it's like, 
Marcus Freeman don't have too many choices in this position. Right. I think yeah. I think a lot of it is that the fact that he's getting these these taps on the shoulders, hundred percent closed doors meetings. Yeah, man. Where it's almost him being backdoored at the same time as them promoting him to be the the, the face of the program. So well, yeah, so, sure. somebody got to relinquish it and let it be like he either gonna do it or he's not gonna do it. Here's, here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's, here's the thing, Lefty. It's Notre Dame, bro. Yes. It, it That's what I'm saying. It's, it's Notre Dame, Dame, bro. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? It doesn't work like Bama. It, it doesn't work, work like yeah. Georgia. You know what I mean? If you're a head <laughs> Notre Dame, you do not have carte blanche. No. You no, carte just... You know, there, there's so many, you know, you talk about taps on the shoulder, man. This man got full-on, you know, arms around his shoulders, man. Like, <laughs> it, you know what I mean? Like, okay. like. It's just too many weird things happening that shouldn't happen for a guy just starting out. It's only his third third offseason. We didn't have questions about who he's hiring, questions about how guys got hired, questions about how he's coming in and he's got assistant offensive head coaches. What is even that title? Look look at Nick Saban. How long has he been in the game and how many people were questioning him hiring um, Tommy Reese? See, but Nick Saban got a point where it's like Nick Saban's just He's shopping at the top of the at the top of the chart. It's not even about where you're shopping. It's the fact that people are gonna question. You know, you got people out there like that. Mm-hmm. But if you're willing to make those decisions, in but Nick Saban don't got an answer to a lot of people though. That's that's I know, I him agree. and Marcus right. Freeman's status in that building. Understand this. Different. Understand this about Notre Dame. It's not just Marcus that has to answer. I mean, right, you, right. Okay. right. I want you to do this. Gotta... Do this. Do this. Take a picture. Of Jack Swarbrick when he first got to Notre Dame, take a picture, uh, find a picture of uh, of um, Father John Jenkins when they first came to Notre Dame, yeah. and it's been about they're, they're about the same t- they were the same period, yeah. just ten years. Take a snapshot then. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's different, so everybody has somebody to answer to at Notre Dame. It's I mean, this man Marcus Freeman was at the White House, so he was out there suited and booted at the White House for all these other, for whatever reason. But then it goes down to the question: If you had five years to coach, would you take your chances at Notre Dame, or would you take your chances at a school like Alabama or or LSU? Because that's what I'm it comes gonna, down I'm to. Gonna, if you, I'm going to take my chance at Notre Dame because if I leave Notre Dame, I can go anywhere. Well, we, we know, we know, we know the Notre Dame stepping stone. I'm talking about: Would you take that? Under that fire that Marcus Freeman is taking, because I feel like a lot of people don't want that situation oh, yeah, because no, of all no, the things yeah. that you don't know you got to deal with. But right. but think about it. That shows you the type of person that. That's all I'm saying. The type of person that he is. He took the, took on that role. Yeah. You can be a fool now. Yeah. No. Because <laughs> again, because again, he transitioned from DC yep. to head coach. Yeah. And Here. his Here. OC was already in place. He didn't have a say on that. Right, but how do you be a head coach and not have a say? Where else in college you're football at Notre is that? Dame. Okay, my, that's you're a you're at way. Notre Dame. I'm where sorry. Where else at college football where you don't got a say on your coach? It's Notre Dame, uh, bro. Um, <laughs> the, the Ivy Leagues and the the, the um <laughs> the academies. Yep. Yeah, it. I mean, yeah, you. But that's but it's like, are we? Then it comes down to, are we really trying to win a championship, or are we trying to just? Maintain a we're certain trying to we're optics. trying to win a championship. We're trying to win a championship the Notre Dame way. 
Yeah. Yeah, that that's what we always come down to. It's a choice. Here, we don't want to win it like the conventional way. Here, we here, gotta yeah. win it in this. Yeah, that, so, that, that Notre Dame, like that Notre Dame way, bro, trumps yeah. everything. And, and we it's all know calm. that. Like, like even as even as a even as a player, like in mm. the in the things that, that are expected of you to do and to go and the and the show face and represent the university, like you're not gonna have uh, a guy like a Nick Saban get in front of a press conference if after you've done done you've done something that's that's not you know Notre Dame friendly, you're not gonna have a coach stand up in front of you and say, "Hey, look, he's a kid. He made a mistake." You know, you guys are trying to pretend like you didn't make those same mistakes at 20 years old. You're not gonna get that at Notre Dame. You're gonna get, "We're really sorry that this happened." You know, uh, hopefully it works out for him in the future. That's what yeah. you're gonna, you know, like, you know what I mean? like there, there's there's zero there's zero tolerance there's zero tolerance for certain types of behaviors and certain things that you do at Notre Dame whereas maybe at an LSU or a Bama or a Georgia those things are gonna be like you know what he made a mistake you know let's give him another chance. You don't yeah, get let's not let's not act like Notre Dame don't pick and choose they right. times. Let me, let me to say Notre Dame. Oh yeah, for this. sure. Because you know they got a lot. Of, they let ain't no different this. than Bama. To, to they that, ain't no different than Georgia. Point, to that point, that's why it's what we've been talking about: the importance of relationships, the gotcha. ability to to be to show grace to this to this group. And that's what yeah. I said. That was one of the things when I was working there. I was always conscious of that. That Hey, when I was doing the radio show, you know, I will, you know, and I, that's why I, I'm a big fan of Ryan Clark because he said, you know, I'll critique the performance, yeah. but I'm not going to critique the, the human being. Right. Right. And that's what, you know, that bond that you guys have in your era, like we have in our era, that's not by coincidence. Nope. That's not by coincidence. So we have to be that voice for Marcus to say, hey, please know we're here. Yeah. And we have this bond that's going to support you to where yeah. he has to help him develop that confidence to yeah. make those difficult decisions. Yeah. Because no, he's this, not this by ain't, himself in that. This ain't the yeah. first one or the last one that he's going to have. Exactly. When you but it makes the, seat, the difference man. when you have yeah. you you have a community around you that, you know, and again, that's why I think you know, like with like the Bamas and the LSUs, they have some level of that, but it's different at Notre Dame because of yeah. the challenges and the difficulties that you have to navigate. And that's 100%. why it's so important. And then and I, that's why I want to thank you guys for having us on because yeah. to be able to bridge that gap between eras. Yep, hundred percent. It is hey. critical that we do that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think this is fantastic for the fan base to see because there's obvious frustration. You know, it's been 35 years, 88 fan base is frustrated. You're seeing the evolution of college football and a lot of the fans feeling like, man, Notre Dame is not changing. They're not willing to change to give Marcus Freeman, to give these players the best chance to win a national championship. And they have questions. And it's right. hard to sit here as a content creator every day and hear the frustrations and defend it and, and defend it because I feel like now it's, I really have to watch myself because sometimes I find myself getting defensive, mm -hmm. trying to defend things or trying to defend Coach Freeman. And it's like, hold on, wait a minute, let me relax 
because I'm not his bodyguard. <laughs> but it's my job to be objective. Let right. me stay objective. And right. so it is a difficult task because it's a difficult situation, man. And yeah. when man. you got, he yeah. is. And when yeah. you talk about the difficult decisions, this is not the last one, like you said, oh, he's yep. going to have to make some more. And sure. we try to be uh, one of the media outlets that talk Notre Dame that is very supportive right. and understanding of the situation that he's in. And we tell people all the time, like, bro, this is Notre Dame. You know, especially right. when, because we're going to talk about these transfer quarterbacks, these one-year transfer quarterbacks. Like, fam, mm. this ain't Wake Forest. This nah. this is not Duke. Nope. This is not <laughs> this is not Wisconsin. Like, yo, this is Notre Dame, bro. This yeah. heavy is the head that wears the crown of the quarterback is Notre Dame. Like, this 100%. is this is 100%. a totally different beast. I don't care how skilled you are physically or what you yeah. can do or how you got twelve thousand yards, number five on the all-time passing. Yeah, that don't mean nothing. All of that gets erased when you become yep. the quarterback at Notre Dame because there's only one thing at Notre Dame. That's yep. the national championship, dog. Yes, sir. All, that, rec yes, sir. all that record stuff, you can yeah. have that. Matter of fact, yep. if you look at the four guys in front of you on that passing yard list, ain't none of them national champions. So no, all of that means yep. nothing. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a powerful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. But I want to talk about this. Is the Notre Dame football, and you guys can answer this the way you want to. By no means am I trying to put you guys on the spot. Is the Notre Dame football program culture or viewed as culture by Notre Dame? Or is the Notre Dame football program viewed as a commodity by Notre Dame? Because that's two totally different things. And I ask that because I think you know, me being a hip-hop head, you know, it's hard for a talent sometimes to wrap their heads around, like, dude, these record labels don't view you as a culture. They yeah. view you as a commodity. Right. And when you understand that going into it, you can do a better job of navigating things from a contractual standpoint and a career standpoint. Right. But as former players and as you watch, you know, college football evolved and Notre Dame kind of take the back seat in some areas. Do you feel like it's almost like Notre Dame is afraid to let Notre Dame football be as big as it could be? Like, if they really, I'll say this when Lou Holtz, we talked about how the administration, 
you know, with hold back. Look, man, if, if Lou Holtz would have let y'all ride out 89 against Miami, y'all probably would have beat them dudes by two touchdowns. I mean, and Reggie, a, you was there. Reggie, you yeah, was there. As a, you fan, as a fan, that's frustrating. Like, dude, yeah. that should have been back-to-back national championships. Agreed. I will say this. Do you? But do you think that the football team – Will never be able to outshine the brand. Is that the the idea? The 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 guys in the but office that, that, is that the that, football team that, can't be bigger than the brand. That shouldn't be the case because let's be honest. You can say what you want, but the football team is the brand. Yes, sir. yes, sir. But they don't yeah. want to admit that though. I, I, again, and and I and I get that, but but they don't whether they want to admit it or not. They know, right. Right, but is and, and this is more of my thought process is like you talk about the culture and and again the culture is more than just the football; it's the athletic department. Mm-hmm. And again, and that, that and it doesn't have to be adversarial because it comes back to relationships, building those relationships across the school because there's a view. And again, I don't; it's not to that extent as it used to be where. You know, you just here because you play football. You just here because you play basketball. You just here. You know, that's what we witnessed. Yeah. There's a culture now of, you know, com- commercialism. I mean, you can say what you want, but Notre Dame has become commercialized because it is a brand. It is it is a commodity. Right. But I, as, I, a, as a student athlete, you have a choice. Yeah. You can either you know, go that route or you can, you know, and, and I love, you know, definitely want Oscar to chime on this as well as Malik, but do you as a player of a particular team and a coach of a particular sport, do you have to abide by that? Or can you set that culture within yourselves as a team, as a program? And I look at women's basketball. You know, I look at Muffin McGraw. They're about to dedicate a statue to her next weekend. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of things she had to do yep. to establish that program. Right. Yep. And and it didn't start with the administration. It didn't even start with those outside of the program. She said, hey, this is who we're going to be. Mm-hmm. And then she 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 passed the, the baton. To coach Coach Neil Ivy, yep. But yep. she first established, and she took a lot. I mean, she went through a lot, yeah. In terms of like how how to build the, build the program, and I think with football, we That's you know three. Marcus has to be a coach that can bring us back to. It's not about the brand, as it is the culture of the program that you want to have. Right. You, you know, and, 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 and to your point, Reggie, I feel like Coach Freeman is still developing that culture. Yeah. Right. I mean, he he's he's still early on, you know, in his tenure. So it's not like a coach Holtz has been there for a decade um, and, you know, kind of what you're going to get. He's still figuring it out, be it with coaching, being it with the type of player, um, being it with, as you said earlier, Reggie, relationships that he has on campus and throughout the Notre Dame community, all those things are really, really important. So I don't know at this point in the Freeman era, if there's any delineation between Notre Dame football being um, 
its own brand and separating from the brand that is Notre Dame. You know what I mean? Um, you know, you know, style of play is a part of that. Um, obviously, Subway alumni is a big part of that. Um, presence on campus is a big part of that. Um, and 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 f- fair or not, perception is probably the biggest part of that. So it, it's hard. It's hard to say. I mean, when we, you know, Coach Holtz would always remind us, nobody's bigger than the lady on the dome. Remember him saying that, Reggie? Like, like Coach Holtz, devout Catholic, like he loved Notre Dame. He loved the institution. He loved what it stood for and, and all those things that were a part of what made Notre Dame Notre Dame. Now, that said, when you came across the street, when you walked across Juniper, it was it was a, it was a different lifestyle, brother. You know, uh, and, and, and those expectations um, were were laid out. There was no question about it. And it was on us as players to live up to said expectation, um, whether it was that of the university or that of the football program. So I, I think it's I think it's a little bit too early to to separate the two in, in the Freeman era. It's it's difficult for me because like you said, you pointed out we did a show this week because there's always focus on building a roster with a new coach. Sure. Like it takes two to three recruiting classes for a coach to really get his guys in the building. And I was like, we did a full show on, yo, while you're building a roster, it's two to three years to get the right staff as well. Because that staff is very important. Like, dude, don't take it like that Sark finally went from eight, nine wins and disappointment to a champ, I mean a, a chance at winning a championship. Yeah. Like Gary Patterson as an analyst. Paul Christ, as an analyst, surrounded himself by veterans that have been head coaches, making changes on the coaching staff. Like, you have to find the right formula from a coaching staff cha- tra- uh, a cha- point of view. And also, you have to have Marcus Freeman, the way he it seems that he wants to run his program is that he wants to empower his coaches. He doesn't want to be a dictator. He wants to empower his coaches to coach the room and kind of represent him to those young men as to how he wants the program to run. And when you don't have coaches that are properly representing you, then that becomes an issue. And I'll say this. The other thing with Coach Freeman is that Marcus is like, he needs to, and this is just my opinion, be better to better understand the offensive side of the ball. Mm. Yep. 100%. You know, because if you look at a lot of the the great coaches – you know, head coaches, because this is the thing. You know, you know, there's head coaches and there's defense. Can you clarify that, Reg? Can you clarify? Because you're not. Because I think Nick Saban is a defensive guy, but he understands yes. the other side, not so exactly. much as calling plays and scheme, right. but like can clarify for the fans exactly what you mean by that. So, in, in, if if you're, you know, if you're you're because I think you're if you're on one if you're your expertise is on one side of the ball and, and everybody now is more focused, you know, on the offensive side. Mm-hmm. And, but if they don't have a, I, mean, I just take, take um, uh, Lincoln Riley out in USC. <laughs> that offense is dynamic mm-hmm. and that defense is horrible. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just fine because he, ha- he doesn't, he's not as locked in to def- understand, understand that side of the ball. Mm-hmm. Right. 
And like you said, with Nick Saban, I remember again, championship, it was a, a AC, uh, uh, SEC championship. And um, oh gosh, what's name was the uh, office coordinator, Ole Miss head coach? Um, Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin. And I remember Nick Saban going to him on the sideline and mouthing, run the in ball. Yep. Because yep. he's like, you got Derrick Henry, you and you want to again, because guys at our office, they like to throw the ball around and get, you know, get cute. But he okay. knew enough to say, hey, we got this workhorse. You need to get the ball in his hands for us to be successful. Mm, correct. Again, he didn't he didn't call the play. But he did say, you need to run the ball. And, and they wanted to win again. They were struggling. But he knows enough about on the, the, the opposite side of the ball as a head coach. I know success. Yeah. You know, and, and, situ- and situationally, what we need. Right. Exactly. You know what I mean, um, so like red going zone back- versus, hey, out in the right. field, backed up. He understands right. the offensive side of the ball and say, hey, this, and he also understands his team, his, right. his personnel. And I right, think that's right. something that, that gets a little, you know, lost on if you're on one side of the ball or the other. You see something happening, you don't really know, you know, it's, you, they're not successful, but is it the play not successful because of play calling scheme or the, the, the talent that you have? Mm-hmm. Right. You got to you know understand as a head coach. To, to to your point to your point and and I've stand on this and this this might rub the wrong way, um you know we're we're you know my wife and I you know she went to Ohio State lost so we we're watching Notre Dame Ohio State, you know and you know Audric is clowning you know dude is getting seven yards of carry, and literally before that last series, uh the infamous series where we tried to get cute, mm-hmm. um with with the mesh, I literally said man I hope we don't try to get cute here. And just hand the ball off to Audric, right? Because Ohio State had no answer, and and you know I, I I wish you know Coach Coach Day was watching this podcast because I would say yes, you are soft. We were running the ball down your throat. We tried to do too much with a tricky mesh point that created some issues. Instead of just either getting under center or in shotgun with a sidecar running inside zone or power that was killing them, then we come back. And we try to screen their all-American defensive end. He almost picks it off. So now we're in third and 15 with, to Reggie's point earlier, mediocre, a mediocre passing game, um, <laughs> which put us in a bad situation. We give the ball back to them with the defense who hasn't really stopped anybody. The offense has just been doing their thing. So um, there, there's, a, there's a part of that, you know, growth as a head coach that you have to understand situationally what your team needs. We didn't need to go 20 personnel in that situation and run some tricky mesh thing. We should have stayed in our 10 personnel. We should have handed the ball off to Audric, run the clock out, beat Ohio State, and now Notre Dame is in the conversation about the college playoff, yeah. right? Yeah. So, because obviously Michigan exposed Ohio State for what they were. They, you know, like they are not a physical dominant Ohio State football team of the past. Um, and, you know, you, you can say the same thing about another game that we lost where we're trying to do too much. And as the head man, you know, I had this experience, you know, last year with my team 
you know, I, I met with our office coordinator and, you know, the bye week and I'm like, look, man, less is more. We don't, we don't need to go out and be cute. It's not about the sexy. That's what I told him. It's not, it's not about the sexy, man. It's about, again, being physical and executing. And sometimes you don't need a whole bunch in your bag. You just need what is going to work. I mean, we ran 60, 61 trap. How many times in the game, Reggie? You know, we ran 58, 59 wall. How many times run, in the run game? Run it until you stop it. Run, run it until you stop it, man. You know, my favorite I will call, say that on, that on that that one play. I, I know, again, it wasn't a cute handoff situation. It was something else, and I'm going to leave it at that. So <laughs> it wasn't what you, it, I know it wasn't what you think it is. It, but it, was, it wasn't what was needed, though, is my point. What it, it was it was in line with what they were doing and having success with. It was mm-hmm. just it was it was it but to your point, execution. The Reds, right? I'll say execution. this too. I have to give credit because JT Tuamosa had he had pretty much been getting caught with that play all game. Yep. And the, the first round pick that he is, he said, Yo, I'm just gonna crack, I'm gonna be aggressive. And if I get caught and they get outside me, so be it. But I'm about to crash this crap. Yep. And, and not yep. give them time. But it also goes back to the fact that we got, what, seven yards on the first play. Right. Yeah. We take the guy out. Yeah. We right. got head coach 11 yards on like, the first hey, play. Run that again. And then 10 on the second play. And then that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Hey, man. You look, throwing as, screens as a, to seal the game so that you score. As an offensive coordinator. You throwing and a screens, you're you showing that you're scared to win it. As an offensive coordinator and a head football coach, my favorite play call is this run it again. Mm-hmm. Run it again. Run it again. Because if I'm running the rock with with number seven, who's who should be a day one guy, in my opinion, I'm no scout. If I'm running the ball with number seven, this cat's getting six, seven yards of carry. Mm-hmm. Run it again. If I'm running the ball with Reggie Brooks and he's getting eight yards of carry, run it again. Mm-hmm. If I'm running the ball with Lee Beckton with that dead leg move that nobody can tackle him on, run it again. You know what I mean? It it doesn't have to be, you know, at that point, balance goes out the window. At that point, it's about what's working and what you can execute and get out of there with a win, you know, against a team that we've not beaten in who knows when. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.